Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of The Butcher, Baker, and Candlemaker in Space, our No Man's Sky podcast. Joining me tonight is Baker. Hello. And our good friend, Pantagruelia. Hello. So definitely been having a lot of fun. I, I started a new character to test out, uh, how, you know, how the new pet uh, functionality would help somebody when they first start a new character and, you know, discovered that uh, you don't get to tame pets until you've been to the uh, space anomaly, which, you know, for the average person is pretty quick. Uh, but of course, for me, that's, you know, hours and hours of gameplay uh, before I normally would get there. And so, you know, before I would be able to to tame, um, tame animals, you know, ride them, you know, use them uh, as my uh, Skyrim horses, uh, you know, while, <laughs> while I'm starting out a character. But uh, a lack in the last now you can't even create creature pellets until after you've been to this space anomaly. Okay. So I've had it. I've had it with your early creature riding cheating to keep your health from dropping. <laughs> uh, you know, it's not cheating. It's, it's not just cheating. enjoying the are, game. You know, are you <laughs> yeah. are you cheating when you replenish your oxygen? You know, your health with oxygen. I mean, come on. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> no, I don't see it. I don't see it as cheating at all. I'm actually kind of bummed out because I never ever got to try it after you told me about it. Yeah. Because they did that update right after. Right. Um. So you know, so I I was you know playing this character, and you know, I just kept finding all these awesome crash ships, making tons of money. Um. I did the uh, the the quick money making technique of you know mining some cobalt and then refining that cobalt into ionized cobalt then multiplying the ionized cobalt uh, until I could uh, you know convert it back down into regular cobalt uh, in the eight stacks that you need to be able to crash the market and so you know that went really well you know, I was finding plenty of salvage data, so I was able to get, uh, you know, get all the stuff that I needed to be able to put that in place. And then uh, I found in the first uh, trading post I went to, I found a an S-class uh, ship with, uh, you know, plenty of slots, which helped me, you know, move uh, move my stuff around. And yeah, every every time I went to do something, this stupid character that was supposed to be temporary has, you know, gotten these, you know, fantastic roles. Uh, the third system I went into, I, the exotic was a squid ship. Oh, my gosh. And so I got a I got a squid ship and I I had uh, already gotten, um, you know, a bunch of storage augmentations. So I quickly had this, you know, squid ship, uh, you know, with plenty of slots to uh, to operate. And you this know, is a brand new character, brand new character. And you found a squid, yeah, at random. Uh huh. That's awesome. <laughs> that's yeah. That's like awesome. I was, I just had to wrap my mind because that's the rarest ship. Well, this is your life now. This is how you live. This is you your can't, character. You can't delete that character. You can't. Uh, That's like no. an omen or something in this universe. You can't <laughs> do that. 
Atlas so, Willing. And ended up, uh, you know, with the, uh, <laughs> like the third or fourth system I went into, you know, all of the planets uh, except for one. I think there was like six planets. Um, four of them were temperate. One of them was a paradise planet. And, uh, you know, the other one was like toxic or something like that. Um, and so uh, I, I've just been, you know, gathering all kinds of, you know, resources, knocking over the uh, the locked factories. So, you know, max out my, my multi-tool, you know, have all the recipes, you know, have tons of nanites because of all the uh, the abandoned factories you know, gathering up the, the whispering eggs. And, you know, this thing has just been, it, it's just been nuts how, how lucky all my, my, uh, random, uh, you know, generated stuff has been. Um, so I did, uh, so one of the things I wanted to play around with too was, um, uh, the Minotaur, uh, Exocraft. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, because that one, uh, if you, if you have hook up the scanner on the Minotaur, uh, it will find, uh, supply depots and secure factories for you. Nice. And so, cool. you know, you, you, I've got the, the little receiver in my freighter. You go into a system with your freighter and you can, you know, teleport your, uh, your Minotaur to wherever you're at. And just uh, you know, search around, find uh, find the little uh, supply depots, so you get all the high end uh, uh, goodies out of those, uh, plus plenty of uh, pugnium, uh, killing the uh, sentinels. I needed a ton of resources because I wanted to build a, a base, and so I you know flew my my squid around and you know carpet bombed the planets, um, <laughs> gathering resources. The Paradise Planet, you know, part of the planet has got uh, incredibly tall mountains. And so I'm building on the side of a mountain that uh, you barely take off from your landing pad and you're already out of the atmosphere. Wow. I didn't know they got that tall. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's pretty crazy. Cool. Um, so, yeah. So it's been a lot of fun with this character. It's It's just been nuts. You know, my get character, you know, I had to grind forever, you know, to get anything. And, you know, my permadeath character, uh, I think in all of the uh, the systems that I had gone into. And so I was probably at 60 or 70 before I finally said, you know, screw it. I need to just make a run for the center and never once found a, a paradise planet in any of those systems. You know, with this one, it's just been uh, a complete opposite of all the other ones. So it's 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 kind of hard because now I don't have any uh, empty slots. Uh, so if I have to test something, I've got to sacrifice, uh, you know, one of my other builds. So yeah, that's a shame. I kind of I wish they would give us more than five. I wonder what the purpose is for that limitation. Yeah, it's also only five on PC too. Yeah. Yeah, it's five everywhere. Huh, I thought you guys might have more. I, I, I've i started uh, work on uh, the, the smallest creature possible. 
Um, okay, I'm excited about this. <laughs> so I found this teeny tiny little creature, um, you know, about the size of your boot. Uh, it, it's still it's still a juvenile, so I don't know how big it'll get, you know, in the end. But uh, uh, once once it gets big enough to lay an egg, I'll use uh, the wild milk uh, to make it uh, even smaller. So wild milk makes them smaller. Yeah. Yeah. Fresh milk makes them bigger and wild milk makes them smaller. And fresh makes them bigger. I didn't remember what you said when I was um, resequencing my egg. And I don't remember what I used. And I got like a chihuahua sized lizard that came from one that was like a T-Rex size. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's a (laughs) There's a lot of different ones that'll go, you know, that'll go either way. So (laughs) I need to ask a question about the Minotaur real quick. Uh Are you enjoying actual movement in that thing? Because I was excited for that update. (laughs) And then when I got it, it was so unbelievably slow that I just got out of it and ran. (laughs) Yes. So I, I may have taken three or four steps in total on that because yeah, it is, it's pretty painful. Uh, I'm just using it to scan. So I hop in it, do my scan, you know, hop out, jump in my ship and, and fly to the location. I was playing with Dave Schaefens. He was using his a lot and he seemed to really be enjoying it. But from, and I guess he liked it, but for me, I was just like, I don't, it's so slow. Mm -hmm. And I think there's modules that make it faster, but, I don't yeah, think it's you can, yeah, you can mod it up. But the thing is, is that the movement is really awkward on it, too. Yeah. Um, so it, it's not easy to control. It doesn't it doesn't go wherever you look, which, you know, makes it kind of weird. I saw it the first time and I thought to myself, I was like, this is the Hulkbuster suit from the Marvel movies. <laughs> that was my first thought. I was like, this thing's going to be awesome. And then it was this big clunky uh, mech suit. I guess that's exactly what it should be doing mm-hmm. in real life. I was a little disappointed in it, but I was thinking about giving it another go if they'd done some kind of like buff to the speed or change the mechanics in it, maybe something. Yeah, I I know you can build them up, you know, uh, buff them out uh, so that you can stand toe to toe with a uh, with a walker. Oh really? wow! And, yeah, and take a walker out with it. Lasers or like physical punching because that'd be cool if you were punching it like <laughs> yeah. real steel style. <laughs> no, I've only I've only seen it with the lasers. Still, I didn't know that they got that powerful. I mean, that'd be cool if you were. I mean, can you? Does it have like shields? Do they have shields like a ship or something? Yeah, I think they've got all of the all the classes and stuff. I don't know because I all I did was I I just threw the uh, the the scanner in it. And uh, and that's been it. I haven't modded it out in any other way yet. I think if you were using it in one place for battles only, it might be worth maxing out. But I'm not walking anywhere in it. No, yeah. But the good thing is, is that you can you summon it. You know, wherever you're at. Yeah. Right, uh, so like also, you know, if you if you were if you're running along and you you run into a uh, a storm, you could summon it. You know, right to you. Hop in. And then you're protected. Yeah, it's just like any other vehicle, right? It, yeah. it functions as a vehicle. Okay. Yep. I like that I don't have to be in it all the time, but I can summon it. Yeah. That's pretty nice. <clears throat> so 
I haven't played around with it yet, but the uh, the little rover is supposed to uh, be able to uh, search out uh, abandoned factories. Um, so if you want to go on a on a whispering egg tear, you can. Is that the one that looks like a mosquito that rides on top of water? No, no, no. That's uh, yeah. Can't remember what that one's called. No, it's the regular, you know, four wheel vehicle. I never got into the exocrafts, and I don't know why. I've always just enjoyed running across the service and doing the bash boost. Yeah, well, so the Goliath, I think it's called the big giant one. Um, yeah, big moon rover. Yeah, that's that's pretty handy for storage because um, that's got a lot of slots in it. When you first build it, it does, or do you have yeah, to max it no, out? When you first build it, sweet. Okay. Um, All right. So they each have their perks. Then I did, I built the, uh, what is it? Is it the Pilgrim? Uh, it's the uh, motorcycle. Oh, cool. So that one's fun to run around on. Okay. I've seen people building some really nice racetracks and stuff like that. And then doing those motorcycle races on those things like Tron style. Mm-hmm. I want to do that badly. <clears throat> I bet that, especially in VR, holy crap. I bet that'd be fun. So I'll definitely be playing around with more of the Exocraft with this one just because I haven't, you know, I've done it so little before that I just need to figure out all the all the cool stuff that you can do with Exocrafts. Um, I know uh, dupers like them, but uh, you know, I, I won't play around Why? with that part of it. What, what are you, how are dupers using them? <clears throat> um, there's a technique that you can do to you know, put inventory into those and then duplicate, you know, by, you know, flying to the space station and, and, or to the anomaly and, you know, gifting somebody, a, you know, something without getting out of your ship. And that's the point. There's no, there's no point. I know. Just no, it's not a, a game where this stuff helps you like for in game con. There's no point. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> But, you know, hackers got to hack. Yeah. I typed in. Figure out how this stuff works. Yeah. I mean, it's fun to figure it out, but it's like when you're actually using it and there's no point behind it. Yeah. You know, I don't I don't understand that. But I go onto eBay every now and then and it's like I'll type in No Man's Sky just to see what kind of stuff pops up. And there's always someone selling S-Class modules. Oh, jeez. You can pay cash money for S-Class modules. (laughs) Right. Codes are, the glyphs are free, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, some people have more money than sense, so. It makes me sad. But, so, that, that's been fun. It's, uh, you just never know what you're going to get with this game. It's just, there's just so much to it. Yeah, it's, it's massive. I was, um. I was talking to my husband yesterday and he said, um, I've got a lot of games that I haven't played. And, um, and he said, you know, I haven't seen you on Ghost of Tsushima very often. I said, oh, it feels really huge and daunting. Like I have so much going on in life. Mm-hmm. It's really, really hard to, to dedicate myself to a game that I need to like fall into. And he said this from someone who plays No Man's Sky. <laughs> and I true. said, no. <laughs> well, I mean... No Man's Sky is so infinite, I don't expect to see all of it or do all of it. Yeah. Like, that's not the expectation. That's not my goal. Right. And I, I mean, 
you know, it's like trying to read an entire library. I wouldn't do that. I'd research one particular part of it, but I know that the rest of the library is there if I need to, you know, if I need to look something up or, you know, if I, if I want to do it, but it's, it is so huge. There's no, um, there's no limit to it. So yeah, it's it's nice because you don't, you don't have to, to enjoy playing the game either. You know, there isn't anything right. in this game that you have to do in order to be able to, you know, you know, play the game. Right. And there's a lot of, I think, um, I think coming at it like very kind of, um, very kind of sandbox, you know, what, what do I feel like doing today? I wonder if I feed this to an animal or I wonder if I, you know, fly to this place, what it's going to be like. And it's just, it's this kind of, it's this game of discovery rather than um, finishing a storyline. Yeah. There are storylines to finish, but, um, but that's, I don't think that's the appeal. Yeah. Well, I've been two years just kind of wandering from planet to planet, wandering the surfaces and just looking around, not really doing anything that, you know, was quest related right? and not learning things. And like, you know, I've got, you know, it's got to be close to a thousand hours now. And every time I sit down and talk with you guys, I'm learning stuff I didn't know. And I'm perfectly fine with that because I feel like this game kind of is like, you'll get there when you get there. It doesn't really matter because I don't feel like I've missed out on anything, even though I'm just now learning some of this stuff because now I can use it and it's not going anywhere. Right. Right. And there's, I mean, I know it, I guess it can be daunting if you're coming in after all of the updates you know, and not knowing, not knowing where to start. I think it's kind of thrilling, less, less overwhelming than I feel about ESO. <laughs> and, oh, God, yeah. Like, I don't know where to start there, but um, less overwhelming than ESO, much more, um, I, I don't know, it piques my curiosity in a different way. Yeah. And you can do, a, you can do a lot of, you know, exploring and discovering and all that stuff. You know, without the game, you know, really, you know, going past you and, you know, getting to a point where, um, you know, everything is just going to kill you. Mm-hmm. Uh, because even even at its, at its worst, you know, it's it's a little it's kind of hard to die. Yeah. I mean, as, aside from, you know, running across the surface of a planet and falling in a giant hole. Um, you know, you're, you're probably not going to die unless you've, unless you've instigated something, you know, taken on a group of, uh, sentinels, uh, you know, without a multi-tool. Yeah. But then you just, all you have to, you still have to just stand there in order to die. Mm-hmm. Like if you even start running, you're going to get away. Yeah. For and sure. so that's, you're just committing suicide by sentinel. That's all you're doing there. But the joy of dying is you get great quotes. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen a death screen in months, so I don't oh know. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the first time I did, they gave me a Douglas Adams quote, and I was like, really? You're going <laughs> to shove my favorite author in my face? Because it was one of, those, one of those enormous sentinel things, you know, once you get past the dogs, the sentinel the walkers. dogs. Yeah, the giant walkers. The walker killed me. And they just shoved it in my face. But they're beautiful quotes when you die, because I'm always trying to do stupid stuff. Yeah, I don't mind dying. And you got to go find your little grave. 
Maybe I should just jump back into normal and off myself over and over so I can see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, between between the quotes that you get from dying and the and the snarky comments that uh, that the uh, chef gives you for turning in uh, food, you know, it's. Oh my gosh. You know, it's an interesting game. It is. If I could stuff him into an oven, I would. <laughs> so, um, so I'm I'm going to share some of what I've been doing. The nanite grind mm. to get these slots for my pets is real. Yes. So I've been finishing the scoreboard in Fallout 76. That's been one grind. And then I will log on to No Man's Sky because I have taken your advice. And I have refined star bulbs into mm. pilgrim berries and then pilgrim berries into pilgrim's tonic. Yep. And then I go to Gordon Ramsay and I give him the tonic and he either tells me it's art or he tells me that it's mundane. So I've been grinding for nanites and just seeing, you know, what responses I get. But somebody stepped in front of me while I was trying to engage with him uh -huh. and on X or it's PS4 that I'm playing on on PS4, you press square to start the conversation, but you also press square to um, team up with somebody. Right. <laughs> it's the same thing on PC. It's the same key. <laughs> it yeah. is such it's so frustrating, but they tried to team up with me trying to engage with Gordon Ramsay. Uh -huh. And I said, no, I had just gotten like, it's art. It's beautiful. <laughs> And my game froze. Oh no! And I that was sucks. like, "You son of a bitch! Why would you do that?" I was so upset because I had been. It's okay. It's fine. This is an insult to my taste buds. You call this pilgrim's tonic. I call this death. You know, he didn't say that, but I think he should. Yeah. But um. You know, and I finally get a good one, and I'm like, "Yes, 600 nanites coming my way." And then I froze. Yeah. So I was very, very upset with like, I don't know, like space pirate zero four two one or something. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. was very, very frustrating. But I am trying to get as many slots as I can because I got a, um, a robo pony. Ooh, nice. I finally got a mech and I found a mech planet and, um, and I want to reproduce my mac i'm pretty excited about i would breed those things with whatever it takes to make them calm because they don't listen at all when you're trying to ride them <laughs> at all <laughs> they're like really excited robotic puppies it's just they're everywhere yeah actually yeah that's what they remind me of is this this pit bull that's laying in here in the other room just to spaz i noticed that my my robo pony um is more like a dog and howls at the moon oh what? Yeah. Yeah. They do that. Like they do that wolf posture. I've got mm -hmm. a couple pictures where they look like they're baying at the moon. Very, very pretty. Cool. Very exciting. While you guys were in the uh, anomaly, did you go check out the stuff, the Quicksilver items for the companions? What? Mm -mm. There is what? There are things in the Quicksilver. I'm, I'm going to get the next, uh, I'm going to get the first one today because I've almost got enough Quicksilver, but <clears throat> there is a mining beam that you can attach to. <gasps> Mm. And I, I want to say that there are weapons. I want to say they're weapons. Um, we're going to have to look this up after this is done, but yeah. or now, I don't care. But it's. I got really excited when I looked 
I was there and I was checking to see what was there. And I saw that they had three different things um, for your companions. And one of them was definitely a mining beam. Okay. Yeah. So there's, there's a couple of, there's, yeah, I think there's three, three or four slots. uh, You know, when you customize your pet that uh, show is being locked. So that must be those. And one of them is a, a uh, square laser. If pets are going to be that useful, and if I've got an animal with lasers attached to it that can fire lasers, <laughs> I might out more often. <laughs> Lobbying for Ray to get his shark. Yeah. Yeah. Too bad we can't have aquatic pets. Yeah, there's definitely some, some sweet creatures down there. Mm-hmm. To have a... a- a sea cow. I bet eventually. I bet what'll happen with the creatures like in the air and in the underwater is you know how they've got that giant um, aquarium. You'll be able to probably get your pet and keep it in an aquarium or something. Oh my gosh! You know that's what they have in Stardew now. Mm. The new update. You have aquariums. Oh, I, I got to <laughs> between. The parallels between No Man's Sky and Stardew are just yeah stunning to me. That's what everybody said about Stardew and um, Fallout, though. I didn't see the comparison between Stardew and Fallout. Crafting? Relationships? That's just an RPG now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I see the, the relationship between... I, I feel it more with No Man's Sky, with the farming. Really? Mm-hmm. I do enjoy farming in No Man's Sky. It's nice to walk out and see just a big field of a plant I probably won't use, but I like the way it looks when it's growing. Oh, yeah, it's lovely. It's lovely. Um, hey, on the just as an aside, nip nip buds, where do I get those? Frigate missions. Yeah. Frigate missions? <clears throat> um, do one okay. of those derelict craters, and you'll get a lot of it that way. Yeah. Okay. I'll need to do that. Yeah, and sometimes and you it- can buy it from... Uh... From the uh, ship pilots. Okay. Okay. Because I'll get and gap those... from them, but not nip-nip buds. Mm. And yeah. you can sometimes drop from those, uh, what are those, those Atlas pods, I think they're called. Mm. Yeah, you know what I, I'm talking about? I didn't find nip-nip buds to be all that uh, helpful. No. I just, no, I have Because there's no made... recipe for gecknip. There isn't. Not that I've been able to find. Oh, I just wanted to grow it because yeah. it's there and because I can. <laughs> well, just yeah, let, let me know and I'll log on with my get character and you can come up to my freighter and pick it. <laughs> I've got about uh, 20 planters full of it. Oh, my goodness. Can I take a clipping from your nip-nip garden? Yes, you can. Thank you. As many as you'd like. <laughs> I just, I, I like to have my, you know, I... I have on my freighter, I've got my, my little hydroponic garden happening mm, yeah. and I haven't been able to, to fill in that one little square where the nip nip would go. It plagues me. Sounded like the worst drug deal ever. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of is. It really kind of is. And um, so life has been super busy and I haven't had a whole lot of time to, um, to play. Um, like act 
active time to physically play with two hands and my eyes. I've just been extremely busy. Um, so I've been watching, um, I've been rewatching Farscape because I miss No Man's Sky so much when I'm playing. Mm-hmm. You guys watched Farscape? I got to confess, I've never, ever seen it. No. Is yeah. it live action? Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's, I'll check um, it out. I remember watching it when it first came out. Yeah. But I haven't seen ages it since. Ages ago. Um, it's on Prime. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing takes place on a living ship. Moya. And I was... It's alive. Yeah, yeah. And there's a pilot. And um, and I I kind of wanted to go back, having played No Man's Sky, um, I want to go back and look at some of the, the classic kind of science fiction that I love so much and look for connections and relationships. And um, because I know that they're there, you know, I just, and I know that I'm sure the offices at Hello Games are rife with science fiction nerds. I wanted to, I, I just, I want to kind of go back and look at some of the connections and looking at Moya, who's the living ship in, um, in Farscape made me just really, really miss my own living ship. But the, the visual connections are very much there. There's no antenna on, on that ship. And there is no, um, no pilot. Cause in, in the, in Farscape, there's a, there's a separate pilot who is kind of the, the mouth of, of Moya, but um, it's a whole kind of symbiotic relationship, but yeah, it's, it's driven me to watch science fiction. And I'm, I want to start watching Stargate again, all like 200 and something seasons. That show is so long. (laughs) I loved the movie, but I never watched the show. The movie I've seen so many times I could probably quote it word for word, but I have never seen the show. I don't think Mm -hmm. I've seen the movie. Yeah, oh, it's so that, good. That's another one where I, um, you know, I watched it when it originally came out. So Farscape wasn't that old. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's been since I moved here to Atlanta. When did is that like? I seem to remember what nineteen ninety nine or something like that that Farscape started. Because <laughs> like I twenty years ago, it was. <laughs> and honestly, for science fiction, that's not that long. Science fiction, you know, being as far as you know, back in the fifties really on TV <laughs> to me, it's not, it's more recent that it was, you know, within the last couple of decades because I haven't watched any like really good science fiction lately at all. So I would like to go back and watch something. I can't yeah. do Star Wars or Star Trek. I can't do Star Trek. The old stuff with uh, them just wearing like yellow shirts and red shirts and just like doing that weird, like, you know, it's just a dude in a rubber mask as an alien. Oh, I and can totally do that. I love the camp. There's not enough booze. I can't. <laughs> it's, it feels too hokey for me. It, it's like watching a re, like a 19 or a, what am I thinking of? Like um, an Alfred Hitchcock movie where they tried to do makeup, where it's not just, you know, suspenseful, whether it's actually something scary that's in the film. It's not scary to me. It's just not, it doesn't work. It's not, uh, it, it's dated. So you don't like old Doctor Who then? I actually don't mind that because the snarky, the snarky British humor is enough to keep me there. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. Cause are you being served was my favorite show growing up. And that led me to watching the old doctor who while I was a kid, 
that's where a lot of sci-fi love started was old school Doctor Who. I couldn't tell you anything about it now. It's been too long since I've watched the old, old stuff. But I do enjoy that. But that's a different kind of sci-fi, you know? The, yeah. The British do it different. I think, I well, it is it is a different kind of sci-fi. It's less, it's, it's less crazy space and more war planets so weird in history. It, you know, the, the, I think that I really like going back and watching old, um, older, not old, but older science fiction series to see, to find the references that, um, that are in newer series that maybe I didn't catch. I like this new segment. Let's, let's keep the sci-fi talking here. <laughs> mm, awesome. I can do this all day. <laughs> I'm for it. So the, the living ship in Farscape is really, really exciting. Um, when I started, when I started playing No Man's Sky and, and I learned about the living ship, I was really excited about naming everything from Farscape. But now I'm on a watership down naming convention because I am who I am. What a leap. <laughs> I know. Well, to I throw know. a rabbit pun in there. What a leap. Ha ha ha. a hairy joke. Um, <laughs> oh no! no. <laughs> so anyway, i I love the i I love that stuff, and also if you are interested out there in listener world in some good science fiction with Jim Henson's Creature Factory making the the creatures, not a lot of it is CGI; it's um, they're all practical. In Farscape, yeah, they oh, used so good. Jim Henson's company used yes. that. Yeah. Okay. Now I'm interested. Oh yeah. Because the labyrinth was, you know, the, I love the labyrinth. It's, that's to me that still holds up because the amount of labor that that guy put into making his animatronics mm-hmm. realistic. Oh my god. I'm I'm definitely. I didn't know that there was a, that kind of stuff in that show. I just mm-hmm. thought it was another another Star Trek. To be honest. Oh no, no, it's not. It it's not you know, United Federation of Planet kind of, no, it's um, much more kind of space exploration and goopy, gooey creatures. Mm-hmm. Is it kind of dark? Ooh, okay. Uh, it's not, it's wide. not, it's funny, but there is some, there is some darkness and there is a lot of, um, a lot of reference to, to science fiction, to like, you know, other science fiction series and then if you're into farscape and also into into stargate you'll notice in the tv series after farscape gets canceled because it only goes for i think four seasons and then there's a film a lot of the cast from farscape end up in stargate it's, and then, uh, and then Stargate that. starts to do this like self-referential thing where they start to um, kind of make fun of themselves, and they become their own trope. It's because the show goes on for so long. Anyway, I, um, I like when they do that kind of stuff, though. When they they're like, you know, we we reached a point where we can kind of just throw a jab at ourselves. Everybody knows it's coming. You For know, sure, but No Man's cute. Sky is so rife with references from all of these things, from the the gates. What do they call them? I call them stargates. <laughs> the portals, portals or the, the uh, portals. teleporters. Thank you. I still call them stargates. Yeah. And you know, and my yeah, my stargates. Yeah, the portal is definitely a stargate. As soon and as I'll, I saw I'll that, I was like, "That's yeah. freaking stargate." It totally is. And then you know, I like I hit the button and I go, "We are go." And then I'm like, <laughs> you know, 
through the <laughs> Chevron six. Chevron six is holding. Yeah. <laughs> Chevron six locked. And you know, it's just I just nerd out. I get really, really excited because of all of those references. And also with these creatures um playing spore. I'm pretty sure a lot of the animations with when, you know, when you pet your animals and you, um, and you feed them snacks, they do, they, a lot of the animations are very similar to those in, um, in Spore when your aliens would get really Hmm. cute and excited. The sounds too. So I'm noticing a lot of references, but um, do you guys do that when you can't play? You try to immerse yourself in the world like either listen to the soundtrack or do stuff like that or is it just me i've never listened (laughs) to the soundtrack for no man's sky because i didn't really realize there was a soundtrack i've just heard like the metal guitar when it first starts Mm. nothing happens so i don't think (laughs) my audio is working for the music or something there's music (laughs) (laughs) I'm not joking. I really didn't realize there, there was is. music. <laughs> there is. I, and um, a friend of mine knows the guys who composed the music mm. <laughs> for No That's Man's cool. Guy. Nice. Yeah, when I, when I told her I was playing, she, oh my gosh, tell my friend. It's, it's procedurally generated music somehow too, right? I think the tracks are written and they come in. Yeah, because the the tracks are really long. Because uh, when I went to grab some uh, some music for my uh, YouTube videos, I was I was trying to find the the song that plays uh, when you enter into the uh, space station for the first time. Yeah, because right. I was just that's such an emotional song, but I couldn't find it. Then finally, I found it. It's it's like two thirds of the way through this you know ten minute song. You know that it's they just have these big, long, you know, spanning uh, tracks, and then they can hit, you know, different marks, you know, within that track at certain points, and you know when you uh, when you trigger it. Right. It's not as um, I think it's meant to be more ambient than it is to be like yeah. another character yeah. in the game. Not like you know listening to Einenzer. You're on the bus listening to the Fallout soundtrack, and then the Death Claw music comes on, and suddenly it's a very exciting bus ride. Let me tell you what. Yeah, I, I don't have a lot of downtime, so you know if if I'm not playing No Man's Sky, then I'm you know playing either Skyrim or Fallout or I've <laughs> actually the 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 music for uh, Silent Hunter, the submarine game I played, you know, before all these other, you know, games came out. I I heard that track and immediately had to start playing the game again. Oh, it's so good when it can, when it can do that. I've been doing, I was doing like house stuff yesterday and I was doing some dishes and I turned on the Stardew soundtrack because it's on my phone always. And it just, it makes chores feel much happier. But then I felt like I needed to go and slash some things in mines. <laughs> There's that too. So Baker, you've been taking a look at uh, some of the lore in, in No Man's Sky. You know, you had you had kind of gotten the opinion that there wasn't any, 
you know, to be found. And then you did some digging. Uh, so what'd you find out? Well, the first thing that I got kind of caught up in and obsessed with was the story of the Atlas itself, um, which automatically immediately reminds me of the computer from the Douglas Adams book where, what was it? The final, like they asked the, where the meaning of life and the question answer was what deep thought. That's what it kind of reminds me of. So it's a huge machine. Atlas is a, a large machine designed to simulate universes. They continued to improve on the design. So basically Atlas was, you know, the original, the prototype. They improved on it and left the planet where they were building, where they had the Atlas. They just kind of left the Atlas sitting there. So it's still running. Everything's going and it's sentient. So it's just sitting on this planet all alone, wondering why it got left behind. So I'm bummed out, right? Immediately finding this out. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's, yeah. Cause I mean, to me, you know, I'm on the side of the robots here. It, you, once they're sentient, they're as good as human. They have thoughts, they have feelings. You know, it's not right to just abandon a, a sentient being to be alone. Right. So that's, you know, it's years later, it's just sitting there and it notices a black hole is coming toward the planet where it's at. It has no way to leave. It's just sitting there because it's this huge computer. So it decides before it's destroyed, it wants to understand why it was left there. And it uses a copy of its creator's brain, a digitized version of it, drops it into the universe that it keeps creating. And that's who we are when we drop into the game. We are an iteration of the person who created the Atlas, but we don't realize that. I'm not sure the purpose of why we would need to be dropped in um, because Atlas is trying to understand why it was left. And in doing that, it's created us to talk to and examine as we explore the universe. I don't know. I kind of think Atlas is kind of panicking. I'm not sure what it could learn from us traveling, you know. So that's, it's just got to be the last ditch thing. It's panicking and there's nothing to do. So it wants to know something, anything before the end, the inevitable end, because there's a black hole coming. Nothing's going to be left. Maybe it just doesn't want to be alone. It could be. Yeah. That's so sad. It is. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, especially since, you know, when, when you go to, uh, to one of the Atlas locations, you can't help but feel guarded and kind of indignant about why you're, why you're there and having to interact with this thing. You know, is it going to try to kill you? What's its, you know, what's its intent? Mm-hmm. Well, apparently each one of us, when we, you know, pop into the universe, we are the last iteration on in our singular universe. Um, at any given moment, the Atlas has, you know, an infinite number of universes running simulations. There's one of us in each universe. And then after a while, Atlas made it so that we could jump back and forth between universes, basically combining it, you know, so that each, each universe is just right beside itself. So if one of us wants to pop over to somebody else's universe, we can, but technically we're all exactly the same person. We are a created corrupted memory from a brain scan performed on the person who created the Atlas before being abandoned. 
that's who we all are when we're in there. We are the person that created the Atlas, only we don't know anything because we're just fragments of that mind. I feel like I need to be nicer to it now. I know. I feel like I need to go and visit more, like at least call on a Sunday, you know? I felt kind of crappy after I read all of that. (laughs) I've always kind of just been like, oh, let me get in here, get this done and get out. And now I'm like, this is, I feel bad. (laughs) Yeah, poor Atlas. Glowing red light. It's got to be scary, though, knowing that you're about to be, you know, broken apart, atom by atom. So you're just all you want to know is why you were abandoned. Oh, that's right. so tragic. Oh my gosh. Oh, if it wasn't emotional enough, these with the animals everywhere and all the creatures, I feel like I need to pet. Here we go. Now I feel bad for Atlas and I'm going to have to give it a hug. Yeah. Go hug Atlas. Does he, does he eat batteries? No, it's like definitely. He definitely gives you stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, go there. Go visit Atlas tonight. Gonna have to. So that's how Atlas communicates uh, with us inside the simulations is through entities, special entities that are placed throughout the world. Like the thing I posted from the from the podcast Twitter that you asked what it was. Yeah, yeah. That's that was basically a an entity of Atlas floating in space to to communicate and be like, "Hey, how you doing? What's going on?" But it can't say anything. All it can do is just kind of pulse there. Menacing. No, they there is like a little bit of messaging that comes from it. Um, Yeah, I can't remember what it said now, Um, but yeah, it's like a message from the Atlas, and then you get like a few sixteens and stuff like that. Oh, right. I think I have gotten one. Very pretty. But every time you come across one of the uh, the dead travelers, you know, the ones that send you to a grave, that's essentially us in a previous iteration. You know, I knew all of this in the lore of them playing the game, but hearing it as like a, a story, which makes me very sad. Yeah, you can... You can find it's you know, the lore apparently is everywhere. It's scattered. You have to put it together yourself. There's, you know, there's outposts and travelers logs and plaques and the, the monoliths and stuff like that. But you got to put it together yourself. And then I guess that's I mean, I don't want to spoil because we haven't got to that part of the, the main quest. But that plays heavily into, you know, how the main quest ends with the Atlas path. That is very cool. And next week I'll talk about the races. They go different directions than I expected. I I was thinking, looking, you know, I, maybe I'm I'm judging books by their covers, I guess, when I look at the different races, because I'm like, okay, this is obviously this way, this one's obviously this way, and a lot of that was based on the kinds of ships that seem to be assigned to each race. Mm-hmm. But it's, yeah, it's way different than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, these guys are definitely good at uh, at pushing those buttons. You know, and, you know, it's yeah. it's so cool because, you know, from a game that, you know, you don't really think of in that way, you know, they, they've definitely put a lot of thought into it. Yeah. I mean, who would who would think that a, a space exploration game would have such an emotional, an emotional story through the Atlas story? And I'm excited to hear about um, your research on the races. 
<laughs> Time is meaningless right it now. Really we're, is. we're living in a simulation. It's still March of 2020, I think. <laughs> but it was, you know, for, like from all that time playing in there and then just like, obviously the whole thing is stored on a computer anyway. But then it's like you get to the end and you're like, everything that you've experienced was stored on a computer in a game that was stored on a computer. And then you have to just kind of sit down and be like, damn, there's a lot of inception going on here. I think it's so beautiful. It so really beautiful is. the way they wrote that. I like things that make you think. That make you go, hmm. Wow. Most definitely. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll keep everybody updated on uh, how small I can get creatures. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I didn't realize that they that they mature. So yep. I will I will keep you posted on my uh my chihuahua sized lizard. Yep. It, they they grow. I I was concerned because I had one that uh, I had made bigger and it wasn't really any bigger than its than its parent, you know, when I first hatched it. Uh, mm-hmm. but a few days later uh, when I when I had it running around, it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> this is much bigger now. So, does it work the same for the mech animals? Because I'm going to be, uh, you know, I'm a little bit concerned. Uh, you know, so I I so I tried to change the genetics of the mech animal, and I tried yeah. to change the size of the mech animal, and in mm-hmm. both cases, it came out identical to its parent. Really, it wouldn't seem like you. Like the same ingredients would work on a mech animal, you yeah, know? You wouldn't think so. They still poop, though. But is it poop poop, or is it something <laughs> different? Than- it's poop poop. It's it's the glowy poops. I don't know how they make a carbon-based poop out of a battery, but they poop. They don't eat creature pellets anymore. Yeah, they, also- they did update it to, the, to fix that, thank goodness. Yeah. Also, how would you even grow... Like, how would a robot grow, though? I mean, unless it had some kind of, like, it would be made out of nanites. That's true. Maybe. That's I mean, I'm, true. How would they grow? As I'm automatically, like, I think of nanites I, between this game and thinking about, like, Tony Stark's suit toward the last few Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Nanites obviously can form and grow, you know, change shape. So, I don't know. Well, I'm going to... I'm. I'm going to do some experimenting as well. Yeah, hopefully you have better luck than I did. We'll see. I probably won't, but, you know. Yeah. I'll, I'll I mean, mine, mine was still eating creature pellets at that point, so. Mm, okay. They well, have, I'm going to see what I can do. <laughs> um, I'm going to see what I can do, and i gotta, I got to feed Gordon Ramsay some more, uh, some more Pilgrim's Tonic. Insult me more. <laughs> he does. He's... So I feed bad. him the tonic. He feeds me abuse and trauma. Yeah. That's the thing. You so you take him something, and he tells you something different each time. Even every if it's time. Exact. Yeah. So he's obviously bipolar or something. So that's Fickle. on him. He's yeah. something. Whatever it yeah. is, that's his issue. That's on him. Uh, or you know, maybe <laughs> you're just not that consistent a cook. Ooh, I didn't think about maybe. that. <laughs> maybe you're awful in the kitchen, rabbit. I might be. I might be. Yeah. So he he does only have like uh you know seven or eight different lines that he gives. So after you turn in a few hundred, you know, you've you've heard it all. <laughs> Honestly, I haven't I haven't been up there too much still. I went looking into recipes and like 
looking at these gigantic flow charts of what makes what and mm-hmm. then immediately zoned in on the stuff that creates nanites and then immediately ended up doing something else and never even started doing any of that. I do need to start a nanite farm. I found one where you make bread. You make bread for nanites? Yes. So I'm going to do a space bakery. A bakery. <laughs> a bakery. I like the sound of that. It'd be nice to get it up like above the clouds, Jetson style, like some of these places I've been seeing online. Uh, I've been watching a lot of building tutorials and I haven't started building anything yet, but I'm like, I'm really watching and seeing how everything is done because I'm going to start building something. I want to build something cool. Somebody today I saw on Twitter was um, going to stream a No Man's Sky photo studio that they had built. Hmm. I'm surprised you haven't done that yet. I, if yes. Yes. Why isn't why isn't Howie playing with you in this yet? What's going on here? He is lost in Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, he mm-hmm. tweets that a lot, doesn't he? Yeah, that and Cyberpunk. That game but, um, Ghost of yeah, see, huge games. It's such a beautiful game. It is so deep. There's so much to do. There's foxes you can follow. Um, <laughs> yeah. The animals. Follow, oh, the animals. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, what can I do? Yeah, that's really the measure of a great game is, you know, how compelling are is the animals. Is how many foxes you can follow? Yeah. Yeah, essentially. My favorite account on Twitter is, can you pet that dog? That's what I was about to bring up because I see that, like, every now and then, like, a, a new game will come out and then that game or that uh, account tweet about it. Yeah, and I was so pleased when No Man's Sky was approved by Can You Pet the Dog? Yes, you can pet your creature in No Man's Sky. Yep. Everything. Matter of fact, you need to. You got to show yeah. them the love. You do. You do. They get I sad. I ain't going to lie. That's why I don't bring them out much is because I just don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not putting in that effort for this damn animal. I got a real one. I'm not doing that. Come on. They even added a hot key. All you have to do is just tap the one key a couple of times and bam, he's happy as a clam. You know? I just don't want it to be like a space Tamagotchi, you know, like it'll die on you if you don't feed it. Like, in real yeah, time. I don't, I don't want something that I'm going to have to continue. I don't have to do that with any other pet in any other game I've ever played. I've never had to feed dog meat. I don't want to have to feed these things. <laughs> you feed dog meat. I don't feed dog meat. Can you feed dog meat? I give him a teddy bear. Yeah, no, you got to give him toys. That's, that's fine. I'll give these things a freaking toy made out of, you know, carbon from a tree or something. That's fine. But I don't want to have to stop constantly and make sure he's had enough food. That's not okay with me. He probably hunts mole rats when you're, you know, doing other stuff. That's great. He is self-sufficient. These animals that we made as companions, I mean, it's fine if you're hatching an egg and it doesn't know how to feed itself. But the ones that you grabbed from in the wild, it knows how to get its own food. Yeah. Those are the ones I got. <laughs> and the predators will definitely kill creatures, you know, while you're running around. But they don't eat yeah, it, so yeah. you still have to feed them, right? Yeah, I don't, think, eat it? I don't think it changes their, uh, you know, their health meter. Psychopaths. That's what they, they are. They hunt for sport. For sport. 
Yes, oh. just just like that. Dot was it a Dominus Rex? Indominus Rex? That's what it is. It's just killing for play. Like a house cat. You have to put it down. No. <laughs> Get into into sad animal abuse again. If it's in a game, it's perfectly fine. <laughs> That's well, why I like you'll, the food. You'll, you'll be happy to know that my little micro animal. Um, I cannot even attempt to ride it. So I'm very happy. Yes. See, that's where the abuse needs to stop. <laughs> I did. I tried as well. How small, how small does it have to be before the, is there a cutoff limit? That's a specific size or weight. Yeah. I hadn't really paid that close attention to it. You're the numbers guy. Come on. I know you like numbers. All right, fine. Figure it out. <laughs> no, no, because like because now it's bugging me. <laughs> right? Yeah, you want to know? You want to be like which which dose of what is going to send this over the end where I cannot write it anymore? Somebody's got to figure that out, and that needs to be you. It's going to be called Ray's law. <laughs> I'll figure it out if, if it's weight or or height. Maybe it's both. Yeah. Maybe there's a shut off for both. Because if you can get something that weighs almost nothing, or if like if weight weight doesn't have a factor, or if height doesn't have a factor, it is weight. But you can get it to weigh a certain weight. You know, this thing would have to be like neutron dense. But can you get it so tiny but still weigh like a few hundred pounds? At least get uranium. Yeah, keep feeding that uranium. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for this week. Thanks, everybody, for uh, for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, everybody.